Arboria. This is Vivian Gabor, and I have the, oh my god, amazing pleasure of getting to sit down uh, and across an ocean, a literal ocean, um, <laughs> the coldest ocean, um, from an amazing performer and person. Everyone, please welcome Mickey Taylor. Hello. Hey, babe. How are you? Oh, you know, <laughs> apparently still waking up. <laughs> oh, my God. You missed it a minute ago, but she was giving her given name. I was like, oh, no, not the given name. <laughs> every, every once in a while, it slips out. The coffee <laughs> did not yet. I didn't ever use mine. I think the last time we used mine was on a tax form. That was mm-hmm. about it. Even on my taxes now, like, I, my drag name is one of my legal aliases, so I can use it all over the place if i want to amen (laughs) so so let's learn something about you let's find out oh god Mm -hmm. part of england i've not yet gotten the chance to visit where have you been uh i've i've only been to only spent a lot of time in london um, oh, okay. And then I've been up to Scotland and been to Glasgow and, and Edinburgh, but I haven't really seen much of the rest of England. So I have no frame of reference for anywhere else in England. <laughs> We've been to some of the good places. Like, I love Scotland. Like, and it's a really fun place to perform because they're all fucking insane. Mm-hmm. But London for me, like, I don't know. There's something about London I just don't enjoy. I think it's too crowded for me. It's becoming like a mini New York. It really is. It's like, it's like a smaller, cleaner New York. Uh, but but why manchester did you grow up there did you how did you know there i moved here about eight years ago something like that essentially i lived in essex which is just below uh london well not below london my geography is terrible (laughs) um (laughs) it's it's near london um and essentially, like, there was, like, one gay bar. I lived in a military town called Colchester. So it had, like, the biggest army garrison at the time in the UK. And it, with that came a lot of homophobia and a lot mm. of racism. So I just, like, hop-skipped myself out of there as soon as I could. And when I, like, prospects were looking up in other things. And then I was like, oh, look, one's making me money in Manchester. Maybe I should bring my house up there. And I just fell in love with Manchester. Every time I visited, like, there was something so liberating about whenever I would come here. And then I would just fall in love with everything from the architecture to the people and the way of life up here. And everything's so much cheaper, too. So I was just like, I'm moving my gay ass up there because, like, for example, like, if you want to live in London and I wanted, like, a one-bedroom 
apartment, you just you're looking at like two thousand pounds sometimes, which mm-hmm. is insane. Whereas here, I can have a three bedroom house for six hundred. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and the gays won't be as clicky. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, <laughs> fuck it, I'll move. Manchester seems like such a cool scene. Like I, oh, I follow so many Manchester queens in Manchester. Just uh, I don't. Do you call them club kids over there? What is what is the term? Some of them are club kids. Like some of them are like. So you got like your club kids. You got your door whores. You've got your uh, club hosts. Like there's a variation, but I think what we do do well is the arty drag. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Cheddar Gorgeous, mm-hmm. uh, the Chris Black um like these we we bring out the queens that are like not only aesthetically pleasing but these bitches are like doing modern art pieces in galleries doing tv shows like about like drag finding the drag in you and being more confident like these are like top tier queens mm-hmm. like they don't need drag race like up in manchester because these queens are pedigree like these queens are insane uh, so and like Honestly, they're a lot nicer up here too. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm just slagging off London in every single way, but I actually do love going down like for a couple of weeks or something. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's just like a, a higher tier of drag in Manchester for me. And there's like the down to the singing, the actual drag aesthetic, the fashion, the, the movement itself in drag here, it's just top tier. And you do a lot of you do a lot of performing live as well and you're a singer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she does a few ditties here and there <laughs> tell me about singing where did when did you start doing that and what what's the impetus for uh the kitten for recording did you just call me impotent <laughs> yes, <laughs> magic I works did. just fine welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute as viagra commercial <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I got into music before I did sex work. I was in university, not university, I'm in university now, college, college, I was in college. And um, essentially, I just enjoy music and I enjoyed performing and I was already in part of like a dance troupe. So I went and joined musical theatre college, thoroughly like enjoyed it, but I only did like a year. And I actually got to like, be part of a really cool cast like some of them have gone on to do some insane things like uh you have you ever seen sex education oh yes you know the adorable black girl that ate oat issues today and now they're like brother and sister yes hola i went to college with her bitch her name is patricia oh my goodness yeah she's amazing she's fucking awesome like and like watching her do her monologues and stuff was insane Seeing her, like, bloom is so dope. But then, yeah, I was in musical theatre, but I kind of got bullied out after the first year. I really didn't enjoy my time there. She was lovely. Like, don't come for me. And um, (laughs) (laughs) she got that Netflix money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I just fell out of it for a little while, got into sex work, and then I had an interview, and someone was like, what did you do before? And I was like, oh, I used to sing and dance and stuff. They're like, would you ever do it again? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And then, like, people were like, do a cover or something, put it on YouTube. So I did Lana Del Rey video games. And then from there, it all just kind of took off. And then album one came out, which was, like, super drag poppy. Like, it had Chris Crocker featuring on it. 
Virginia oh Wright. Like it was so drag pop. And the auto-tune was alive, girl. Like <laughs> it was alive. It became sentient on these tracks. Like it was mainly auto-tune. <laughs> because I lived in like this uncomfortable, uncomfortable bubble. And then like the next two albums have been very much me like kind of figuring everything out. And now I'm on album four. I managed to get a manager and a label and it's been an incredible journey and it's kind of crazy that people still want to listen you know what I mean and more people keep wanting to listen and yeah like I don't know I just I'll keep doing it as much as as long as people like it you know mm-hmm. that's really exciting the the fact that you got uh, a manager is a big step forward <clears throat> excuse me especially because I'm a slut too but they loved it they were very <laughs> much like this is so marketable like we love it i was like oh yeah girl i'm pitching you gold like i was like if cardi if cardi b can be a fucking pole hooker then this hooker get off the poles and start singing too i I was gonna say yeah producers must have seen that and just like crazy so much so much fodder for them and now because i've retired they're like this is even more marketable because now we can do the whole retirement and we can pitch songs about it and i'm like Okay, girl, like, whatever's going to get me on the Billboard Top 100 again. Okay. <laughs> um, Christ, let's, don't cry, let's back up to that. How did, how did you stumble into sex work? Ooh, okay. <laughs> we need to refill. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting in there. Okay. So <laughs> I was actually on Grinder, which was kind of funny. Um... I was on Grinder and I was living in Essex at the time. And someone said to me, Hey, uh, have you ever considered doing porn? I work for a porn company. And I just was like, Go fuck yourself. No. Um, and then after like three months of like speaking to this man um, and him whittling away at my soul a little bit, I was like, Oh, go on then. Like, I'll come and do a solo. And I honestly just fell in love with it all. And it gave me this confidence of my body I had never had before. And I was so shy and timid. Like, this would never have happened eight years ago. Because, like, you couldn't have got it out of me. It was impossible. Mm. Um, And then, like, it gave me this confidence. It allowed me to express not only my sexuality, but my, uh, my identity within the community. It allowed me to give back, like, in abundance. So, for me, like... Oh, what a journey. <laughs> it's had its trials and tribulations, girl, but it's been fun. But what was what was it like navigating queer spaces while you were in that career? Because I can only mm. imagine it would have been crazy just trying to have your own life outside of it. I mean, it's still crazy now because, <laughs> I mean, I... It would, I think it would be different if I'd done it for like a year and then fallen off the map. Like those people can kind of vanish into the void of space. But I've done it for eight years and it's been well documented and televised and all kinds of shit. So it's going to be unavoidable for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's either accept it or spend the rest of your life going like, well, you fucking asked for this. You got it. Why are you mad? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. For me, it, it's weird when you see people in the club and they're like, and I'm like, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Because I'm just like, if you think it is, just come ask. I don't bite. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm cool with it. Rather than like causing a scene, because then you have someone else nearby that's looking and going, why are they pointing at that man? And then they want to talk. And then, you know, it becomes, I, oh, those environments are the worst. But mm-hmm. I, I very rarely have had bad public navigation through the community. Like everyone has always been very kind and very warm. And I get a lot of people that say like, it means a lot that I did it, which is strange. Like they'll be like, you gave me a confidence or like, I love the way that you talk about things so freely and use sex work as your device and stuff. Um, I've had people like message me saying things like I stopped them from like committing suicide and stuff. So like, for me, like, even if, like, my entire career was going to be, like, hate speech from, like, I don't know, like, the alt-right, if I got that, mm-hmm. it would all be worth it just for the little good bits. But I've been very lucky and humbled and grateful by the fact that there's been so many and I've been able to do so much within, like, the LGBT community. I mean, Christ, how many other people do you know that do sex work that manage to, like, jump off into, like, pop music successfully? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Without like dropping one of these auto tune tracks or singing in their bathrooms. And everyone's like, you go girl, you can do it. Put it on TikTok. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, so like I think, yeah, it gives back just as much as you put in this industry. Mm. And if you want a positive outcome from it and a positive space, you can build that for yourself. But if you're gonna live in the negativity, it will happen to you. Yeah. Has that changed at all over the eight years that you were in the industry? Or was it just always like that? I mean, navigating it in the last year and a half has been awful, uh, which is why I've left, uh, because I've been battling like a 60,000 pound lawsuit with Yaga, with the um, owner of Just For Fans, because he sexually assaulted a friend of mine and he spoke up about it. And then I came to his defense on social media and he's suing me uh, for defamation which Mm -hmm. is kind of insane because I wasn't the one that started the conversation. So it's not me starting the rumor Um, yet, not suing the victims, but you know, yeah. (laughs) so like, it's been a battle of like trying to make sure that these boys have their voice heard and it's not silence. Mm. And that we show that these people can't take your voice away from you and kind of silence those around you for speaking up and defending you. So, in this kind of lawsuit moment i've had like studios just be like you're too hot at the moment we can't touch it and i'm like cool whatever fuck you um and then i quickly bring up the fact that they only hire three percent of their casting as people of color and then they're just like oh. and i'm like you're the piece of shit not me linda but <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so it, it became uh, like more political than porn in the last mm. year and a half and I've done my battle for as long as I can but for me it's now got to a point where my health is more important yeah and I've got to focus on that and to be honest like I've done it eight years and I've got all the shit you know what I mean I filmed all the companies I worked with the models I wanted to I got the trophies I did the gigs so for me, it's just like, what's next? Like, there's no promotion in porn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyone stuck in a job would look to seek advance. Mm-hmm. And there's no more advancement for me. I've done it. So for me, that's why I was just like, I think it's just time. Like, yeah. time to move on and find the next thing and keep doing music, you know? 
Yeah, it does seem like a very uh, a terminal career in that it's it mm-hmm. just at some well, look point, at the death rate to stop like <laughs> um especially with with the rise of only fans and just for fans and and the the things that are making it more accessible especially i think one of my favorite things in the pandemic is there are two industries that just flourished during lockdown one was podcasts like if yeah. you i tr- i had to replace one of my microphones during the during the quarantine and i couldn't every mic was sold out everywhere Girl. i was like okay people stop <laughs> stop starting podcast right. <laughs> um and the other was was um i don't even know what the general term for them is but only fans just for fans like the 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 homemade porn sites and it's uh on one hand it was nice to see people being able to take control of their sexuality and um find themselves especially the people who weren't already stars um be able to find some of that confidence in themselves but then the other side to that is then you have all these stars who are on there um and so it it makes the producers for the sites a lot more um i would assume would make them a lot more controlling and a lot more particular about what what type of content and who they're using and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing so I can't imagine that it would be a fun environment right now. <laughs> no, no, it's pretty fucking grim. <laughs> <laughs> like I speak to the guys now, like we're all still friends and they're just like, girl, it ain't getting easier. And I'm like, girl, you've been in there 10 years. Get out now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because like the longer you're in it, like it's like this weird trend that the longer you're in it, the more chance you have of suicide or a drug addiction. Mm. Like, it's such a high rate in our industry, drug addiction and suicide. Like, it's wild to me. And I just think there's so much pressure on this industry and it keeps getting worse and worse. And, you know, it's just a boiling pot. And I think that in the next year, things will have to change very drastically for all of them. And I honestly wish them the best. And I'm still going to keep supporting from my end. And and music career I will make sure that I try and like take care of them as well because at the end of the day without porn I wouldn't have my music Mm -hmm. so like I'm always going to try and give back and make sure that those around me are okay and if I can do a greater thing then I will like I'm still going to battle this lawsuit and try and kick it ass but you know someone has to right I've heard stories that I say go for it kick kick his ass (laughs) um do you, is do you think the the high rates of um suicide and drug abuse um are are due to external influences on the industry or internal influences like why why do you think it's such a such a problem because I, I mean I'm, it's gotta be a lot of those things and more because I mean outside influences you have politics crushing on them the economic side of things crushing down on them. Then you've got their families who most of the time don't know about it or are ashamed about it. And Mm. the rate of people actually being cool with it is so low. Um, You know what I mean? So you've already got that notion, but then you've got the inside part of the insecurities about yourself and your own success. 
Then you have the worry about work, especially in a climate where we're all struggling to think about work and if we can travel to scenes, because a lot of us have to fly to get where we need to work. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't understand that. And I think that they look down on sex workers and they demean them and they are very vocal about it, especially during the OnlyFans situation. How many memes and jokes did people make? And I'm like, people are about to lose their homes. People are killing themselves and people are about to like be out on the fucking streets if this goes bad. Like, have some sympathy. Because if that was your work, you wouldn't want like, people mocking you and shaming you at your lowest. Yeah. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of lack of respect for the industry. Yeah, it's one of the oldest in the world, you know what I mean? And it's more it's more popular than Coca-Cola. So <laughs> it's almost like if we were, you know, to stop the cycle of shame around just sexuality and gender in, in general, maybe we uh wouldn't have quite so much shaming of the sex industry because literally Every person out there participates in it in some way, shape, or form, whether or mm -hmm. not you're just consuming it or you're actually part of it. And I just wish people would get over that shame of like, I, I mean, growing up, you're like, hold, oh, don't watch porn. You're gonna, you're gonna get addicted to it. To it. It's gonna make you a terrible oh person. God, How right? dare you? You're an awful person for for watching it. And I wish that narrative would go away. Because I feel like if it did, then the shame. I wish it were the true, because then they have an excuse for being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, totally fair. <laughs> While she pours her attention tamer. <laughs> I'll pour myself some more caffeine, too. <laughs> Get yourself some tension tamer, girl. Ugh. But but now you are, are you officially retired? Or... Officially, all gone. Like she's out. She did. The, she did the whole spiel, like they do, you know, when they drop like four pages of report and sat. I did that because otherwise the kids moan. And then, like, I thought about doing one of those fake crying YouTube videos, but like, <laughs> I'm not like Meryl Streep. I'm not ready for that. I'm more of like a Joseph <laughs> Gordon Levitt. And like, does he cry? No. So, you know, <laughs> no, I thought change my mind. <laughs> yeah but like i just thought i'd just do that vapid like stab response no <laughs> yeah i'm done um i've kept all the content up there like so many people like we're gonna miss you and i'm like it's not going anywhere like so many people like when they leave they leave and they like pay off studios sometimes to remove content and they'll remove all their only fans and i'm just like i worked eight fucking years on this shit i just gonna wipe it off the face of the earth like Plus, royalties. Royalties. Yeah. So I'm just like, why am I about to abandon, A, the fan base, B, an income, and C, like, eight years of craft and hard fucking work? Mm -hmm. My ass blew out for this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. It's perfect. It's right and it's tight. But you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it would be a bad business move if you're if you're going forward in an entertainment in part of the entertainment industry it would be a bad business move to do that because then you're yeah. alienating your entire life's work of networking yeah and it just looks really shitty as well because then like people are still gonna like 
kind of be coming up to me on the street and shit. Like, and I want that. I don't want to like shut people out and things. I still want to hear the stories. I still want to see my model friends. I still want to be part of that world, but just not fucking. You know what I mean? I'm done with the fucking part. <laughs> but I mean, like, I've started a porn pod. Well, I've started my own podcast. Aha! We're in competition. Yes, you did. <laughs> I started it yesterday. Never a competition. Just, take, just taking just a the larger pie. <laughs> Oh, girl, yes. We'll share the pie. Oh, I love pie. When was the last time you had pie? Far too long ago. My trainer would be so mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I miss pie. Not because I have a trainer. Like, I, I can give a shit. I'll eat anything. But <laughs> I just can't remember the last time I had pie. <laughs> time to go get one. I'm going to order some pie. <laughs> but no, yeah. I've got a podcast coming called Taking the Mickey. But that's all porn. Like the first season will all be porn. So like I'm still in that world. Now I'm interviewing people I've known for years and some people I've never even spoken to but always wanted to interact with. Mm. So yeah, I'm still part of the porn world. I ain't going anywhere. I don't think you could go anywhere. Your name is too, no. too ubiquitous at this point. Yeah, I still feel like I walk into like, I'm, one day I'm just going to like return and come to like a porn award show. You know that Beyonce commercial where she's all regal as shit? And she's got like a crown and a scepter. That's that's how I imagine myself. But <laughs> I like in, in essential. Like what will really happen is I'll get down and end up like fighting from anxiety and just running out the door. Uh, <laughs> Ten steps in. You know what? Never mind. I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like it was fun. Grab my scepter and just waddle out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so why did you, why, why the podcast? Why are you starting a podcast? I mean, it's a weird question because I didn't really have a reason when I started, but, but I'm going to force you to answer it. Well, I actually started it last year and it was called um, The Mickey Show. And no, Mini Mickey, it was called Mini Mickey. And I fully animated the first episode. Like myself, edit, like my partner did all the editing. And I sat wow. there for like a month animating it, which is like 12, like six to 12 frames per second, which is fucking insane. Yeah. Um, and then I put in some dope like Cardi B clips and things, filler, filler. And um, like really enjoyed it. But the reception straight away was like 400 views. And I was just like, I am not sitting here for a month for 400 views for episode two. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to think of a way to change this up. So. Like, I just changed the name, stopped doing the visuals for now, and I'm doing it more of like a table-to-table -table interview. And then as things progress, I'll look at going into animating segments of stories. Mm. Like, so like, as we talk about something, it'll like cut to like an anime. But it. that's further down the line because she's busy. So she's got to finish this album. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so it's going to be on YouTube then? Or it's going to be... YouTube, Spotify, but we do it live on Twitter space oh, every cool. Friday. Yeah. So we have a lot of people just like tuning in instantly, which is really, which was really fun. I like that was something I didn't know how that would go. You know what I mean? Because you get the trolls. It was totally fine. And then the reception was great. Like, and you got like an instant response on how it was going, which was cool. So I've been able to kind of absorb some critique already. So I feel psyched for episode two. That's fun. exciting. Um, 
and so who uh wow my brain just went dead rewind no, this is, this, these are the parts of the podcast that I love because then I start just kind of talking without thinking about what I'm talking about and he usually, you know, finds a conversation in there somewhere. A very Cartier of you. <laughs> <laughs> More like how very asleep I am. Um, what time but, is it though? I mean, I don't know anymore. It's 9.30. Oh, okay. I'll let you off. Morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if it was like gone eleven, I'm like, girl, bye. It's a Saturday. Get up and live it. I can't. No, I wake up at four a.m. <laughs> no, this <laughs> no. I technically slept in, and I still can't handle my life. So, <laughs> oh my god, I was working till like one a.m. last night, and then I got in at like three a.m. My friend dragged my fag ass out, and then like I didn't go to five. I woke up at twelve, and I was like, oh my god, I hate life. And then my printer came, and then I felt like an old man with this little instruction book trying to, like, do my printer. Like, oh, my God, you don't realize how geriatric you're becoming until, like, you try things, and then you're like, fuck, I'm really old. (laughs) You know I I have those moments literally every day. I've started working at a tech company, and I'm sitting there going, wait, how do do Google Meetings work? Like, how does... How do, I, I should know these things. And now I'm slowly mm-hmm. turning into my parents and I'm like, no, please don't don't make this happen. I got a I got a new phone um yesterday and I've been trying to sell the Apple Pay for two days. <laughs> and I keep I keep feeling like if I was five years younger, I would have done it in a minute. Oh probably. Yeah. But these trick thumbs. No. <laughs> I, I'm starting to feel bad because like growing up, my parents would come to me with like tech issues and be like, wait, how do I find this thing on, on the computer? And I'm like, oh, you just do this, this, and this. And now I'm just like, oh, yeah, you try those things now and it doesn't work. No. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> it reminds me of, um, have you seen Incredibles 2 where they're like, they changed math? <laughs> yeah. Why would they change math? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel every time they like update some kind of tech or software. Like, oh my god! Even if they update Netflix, I'm just like, why did they change it? Oh my I god! Yes. Used to the last layout. <laughs> <laughs> or like every go, time, every nothing. time they change the layout of Facebook, you're just like, wait, wait, where is everything? I got, I was too I comfortable. Need to fuck with Facebook anymore because the <laughs> stress and anxiety of the right wing Karens on Facebook is real. And it thrives. And they're there with mm. their little flip case phone, reading me to filth for being a little dick sucker. And I'm just like, listen, Karen, at least I'm getting it. Okay. So just take a deep <laughs> breath, go get some dick, and then we'll be friends. I promise. Mm. Like, we'll be kikis. But until then, your vagina is dry and you need to moisten it and your personality. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I. I'm still waiting for the day mm. when someone can insult me in some kind of creative way. Yeah. Because like it's come at me with something that is about sex work or racism. Yeah. And I'll listen. Or for me, it's always you're fat. I literally had a guy yell at me as I as I was walking home from the gym, yelled at me saying, lose weight. I was like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even I'm, insulted. Like, I'm glad that your eyes work. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a bit like, what's it called? Have you ever seen, you know, Alan Carr? <laughs> oh, of course. Right. Right. That, that little known comedian in the UK, you may have heard of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he does this really great, like, stand-up moment. And I was actually talking to my friends about this. Like, insults really fucking suck from people. But I think gays do it best. Like, yeah. he talks about this time where, like, he's walking past this homeless man. And the homeless man just goes, faggot. And he goes, faggot with a home. And just flourishes past. And I'm just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. You know how to give the tea. But, uh, yeah, I've never heard a heckle I couldn't be. Yeah. I literally, yeah. I was sitting on the subway one time, minding my own business, had my headphones in. And this old lady gets on and stands there she never sits down she stands there stays on for one stop and the whole time she's on the train she's staring at me just going faggot fat fat faggot i love america over and over and over i was like yes i get it you know how to observe the things around you is there something you would like me to do about this (laughs) These are descriptive words you're using. Now add some nouns. (laughs) I need a verb in there somewhere, please. Right. I need a verb, a noun, a lot of consonants. It's uh, honestly, I think it's one reason why gay people love to read each other because it's nice to finally have someone say something that isn't just an adjective. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I hate just like being insulted. In your mind, you're just like dry, dry. (laughs) Like, I always think to myself, the one thing I've always wanted to do is be roasted. I've always wanted to, like, mm-hmm. have a sit down, get a bunch of queens and a bunch of my fags, and then just be like, hey, roast me. It's my birthday. Go. Yeah. But I, I got told it would be too egotistical to do that. And I was like, so what no, you're saying is whatever. I need to get you to do it. <laughs> I was like, you need to surprise me with a roast. <laughs> They're like, that's being egotistical too. And I'm like, are we roasting me now? I mean, I just want a fucking party. Right? Who cares about being egotistical? I almost did a roast at one point. When I moved away from Seattle and moved to New York, I was like, I should end the whole thing with a roast because everyone hates yeah. me anyway. So like, let them have at it. And, and I like announced it and everything. And then I was sitting there one day and I was like, at this point in my life, it would be less of a roast and more of like, a, like a witch burning so maybe maybe i shouldn't give them the opportunity because it would it would turn not funny very quickly <laughs> right it just ends up being more like a funeral speech like, <laughs> yeah. and at the end i'm like okay cool the bridge is over there i'll see ya. <laughs> oh my god i love it so i i quickly canceled it i was just like you know what never mind <laughs> No, I I would fucking love to. And I love watching the roasts as well. Like, some mm. of them have been amazing. Like, I know, it, like, everyone's seen it, but I love the Justin Bieber one because mm. they went in on that little shit. That was the like, one with Martha Stewart in it randomly, right? And she was so good! Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. When she starts talking about sticking the bull dyke, and oh. I'm just like, oh, my God, girl. <laughs> I can't believe you're saying this shit. You make muffin. No. <laughs> More than one kind of muffin. Uh, muffins of malice. Right. <laughs> I also, I went into a, uh, 
I went into a hole of watching the uh, historical roasts. I think they're on Netflix where they like yeah. have where everyone's it's dressed the... up as different historical characters. Um, and as a Jew, good. the uh, roast of Hitler was possibly the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It, well, that was a good one. That was a really fucking good one. Gilbert Gottfried as Hitler, like brilliant, <laughs> truly brilliant. I, I know it sounds really crazy to say like who best played Hitler. But I think Ta- Taika Waititi has done it the best. Wait, in in what? I what, how Jojo I miss- Rabbit. Oh my! Oh, I need to see it. I still haven't seen it. So good. Like I've I tried to so describe the film to someone recently, and they were like, "Dude, this film sounds fucking racist." And I was like, "No, it's <laughs> funny." And then they were like, "So it's funny because it's racist." And I was like, "I think I'm describing this film wrong because when you try and explain it to people, you're like, it's about this Nazi kid that has like." Jew, like an imaginary friend who is Hitler and he wants to like kill the Jews and the kid is unsure and then he finds a kid in the wall and everyone's just like this doesn't sound funny and I'm just like it is it's all done in a satirical way because it's Taika but no like it's so hard to explain any kind of like Nazi film to anyone without people thinking that you find the Holocaust funny when you're like, no, the film is funny. <laughs> right. It's like trying to explain a glorious bastards to people. And you're like, no, truly it's, it's yeah. so hilarious. And you have to watch it, but yeah, but it's about Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am all for learning the sobering qualities of history. and like making sure people fucking know their shit. But mm-hmm. once you know that stuff, like I am all for like, humorizing things like i i've always said but tragedy plus time equals comedy mm-hmm. so like the tragedies happen in our history time has passed and now we have to find the light of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. otherwise we can't move on and we like we can learn everything from it but once we have we can learn to laugh at these horrible monstrosities while kind of coming together in that laughter and then yeah. le- meeting those people that it's teaching you about yeah like that for me like you go into a comedy house full of different people race creeds ethnicities body types that for me is like haven Mm -hmm. haven Mm -hmm. absolutely i uh i also so this is this is something i observed as an american over in the uk and correct me if i'm wrong um I'm going, to, I'm going to make you make you the the mouthpiece for the entire uk right now um um <laughs> uh, i one thing that i found very interesting about england specifically is its obsession i think is the right word with its involvement in past wars and and it's something that it's it's very strange to me because America goes around causing wars, but we like don't but we join in, but we don't talk about them a lot. And like we'll have a memorial That's because y'all like, did bad shit. That's fair. because y'all don't totally want to talk about the <laughs> Whereas we are owning up to our shit and we put out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, America buries their history, though. Yeah, we will have the like, nicest a way park possible. that has all of the memorials to all of the wars, but no one ever goes to that park, because why would you talk yeah. about that? Versus in the like, UK, you have entire museums that, like, in London, there's the War Museum. And, like, yeah. you, you go and literally every show and every person, at some point every day, World War II comes up. 
But you gotta teach these kids. Hmm. Y'all don't teach your kids. <laughs> little racist motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. I think that when it comes to British history, we have to learn so much, mm. so much of it. And a lot of British history is conquering mm. and taking over other people. And we have to understand, I think, in Britain that there is a a certain kind of viewpoint that the rest of the world has of Britain Mm -hmm. for that. B, we have to understand that we are not that anymore Mm. and that we we have given freedom to people, countries for a reason because it is the right thing to do. And I think C, like, I don't know, that there was so, I, I don't know, because my fella loves watching all these war films and stuff. And I can't, I'm fucking bored. I'm bored. I sit there and I'm just like, aren't they all the same? Don't that trench looks like the trench in the other movie? <laughs> like, isn't this the same war? And he's like, yeah, but it's a, a different part of it. So I'm like, so uh, just a different month of the war. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So I, I'm probably the worst person to explain this, but I feel like we are very good at looking at our history and trying to learn from it, and like learn our mistakes like I remember learning at like 12 years old about the triangle trade of slavery and like I speak to my American friends and they're like we never studied that I'm like but you should have I have no idea what that is see have a juju you're gonna learn something have a little juju (laughs) (laughs) but I'm here to teach but no you know what I mean that like things like that like I think we're very good at trying to make sure that we learn from mistakes so we don't make them again Mm. whereas America looks at certain points of its history and then idolizes the wrong ones and then makes statues about them and then like you can literally just play spot the racist in in America with the statues which I think is kind of insane Mm -hmm. um but you know I think it's we live in two different climates and two different worlds and yeah. I love America so much, but I do think that there's a certain narcissism in the education there. Oh yeah. And it leans extremely white and only to America. Whereas like Britain, we learned about America. We learned the 50 States. We learned your presidents. We learned your history. Uh, we learned how we have like communicated through um, trade and like things over time and war. Whereas mm-hmm. like, Y'all don't know nothing about us except what we tell you on Downton Abbey or the Crown. I mean, I'm not gonna argue that in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I I got a little bit more of it personally because my parents were Anglophiles, so we grew up like watching okay. the BBC and uh and and learning Graham more Norm. world history. I was homeschooled growing up, so like world history was a little bit more given to me, but definitely there is absolutely history courses in the u.s are much more they they lean much more propaganda than they do history yeah yeah um and and to be fair i think it's because not to be fair but to be blunt i think it's because um to have an empire in any way shape or form you have to get your people to buy into the ideal of it right Um, and I think that's something that we're slowly seeing happen as the rest of the world finally is able to tell us what they think of us. 
where yeah that, that well i mean is slowly being in pulled recent away. years yeah. thanks to the fabulous trump we have let you have it <laughs> i mean to, yeah, motherfucker! And, and it's great especially when it's coming from england because y'all went through it recently too i mean y'all had to deal with with thatcher and then and then you have brexit um, and brexit and boris johnson and that is oh. fucking our country up right now. Have you seen the news? I honestly, <laughs> I we are low on gas. I've been trying to electric, not watch the news water, recently. <laughs> food, truck drivers, and apparently Russian ballet dancers. Who knew? But Wait. yeah, we're short on almost everything in this country. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, it's it's down to this, that, and the other." And it's like, no, it's down to the fact we have no lorry drivers because y'all are racist and voted Brexit mm-hmm. so, and then you didn't set up any good trade deals and now we're fucked mm-hmm. so you know so my mother is black and she voted with Brexit I'm like your dad was an immigrant she's like I don't see myself as black I see myself as brown and like you gotta remember your sister is dating a police officer so blue lives matter too I'm like mother <laughs> Oof. I know I, mean, I-, I don't speak to any of them anymore I I will say that the 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 UK's relationship with its police force is different from the US's, but not that different. Yeah, no, yeah, because I mean <laughs> we still have our shit too. I mean, you just saw that murder trial. Did I? No, God, y'all know nothing about the UK. Well, okay, we get your shit. Take me as an example of everyone seven. because I literally I am up from. 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. working every day. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm so don't take me as an example for everyone. And I'm hearing a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing this. I want to hear Oh, any reason to put a Devil Wears Prada quote in anything is a good reason to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, so what murder trial? What did, what did I miss? Oh, um, like, I don't know too much about it because it's sad. I try to avoid sad <laughs> news at the moment because I'm, like, trying to just get on with my own shit. But um, he, like, murdered and raped this young girl and did it by, like, using his ID and badge to, like, kind of, like, make her feel more comfortable and safe that um, he was, like, taking her somewhere. The, the U.S., we just call that being a police officer. Your country sees yourself as a diamond, but I've never seen a diamond with so many flaws. Truly. Well, and yeah, I I mean we could dive down that true crime trail, but yeah, that's that's definitely an issue, not only in the US, but also in Canada. It is we both have long histories of uh, people abusing that power. Um, anyway, lighter note. Um, <laughs> uh, let's let's veer back, let's veer back into your music for a second. Um, that sounds safe. <laughs> that sounds very safe. Let's go there. Um, <laughs> there are no there are no snakes in this direction. Um, so tell. So you're working on an album right now. Yes. Three more tracks to go. Yay! What is that process like? This is probably the longest I've spent on an album. 
just because I stopped recording it for two reasons. One, I had a terrible fire accident and burnt like all of my face, I my neck. Saw that. Right? I was just uh, like, oh I'm my still God. healing a little bit, but like I'm almost back to normal. Um, but I couldn't speak for like a week and a half because oh I ingested the fuel. It was closing up on my throat. So for a long time, I couldn't do anything. And I just, just laid there like a mummy, just dripping, which was gross. <laughs> and then before that, I hit like this manic depressive state of like, I fucking hate my job, my life, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this court case sucks, blah, blah, blah. And then couldn't record anything. So there's, it feels like I've took so long making this album, but if I actually put the time together, it's probably all been done in a month and a half. Mm. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's been over a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, three more tracks to go, and they should be done next week because I've been asked to do like a track for something. So I have to finish that, and then like mm-hmm. while I'm in the studio, I'm like, while I'm here, I'll finish the other ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I dropped a single a month ago. Yeah, a month ago. Um, and everyone loves it. Um, it's been really good fun to drop that one because I got to work with Shiloh again um, and Kieran Armitage, who is insanely gifted. I've never heard such good vocals come from a que- like from a boy that still has balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. he's hitting all these notes, going, ah! and I'm like, girl, I could never. The queen could never. But like, yeah, he's insane, and I'm just like, and he has testicles. I'm just like, that's so impressive. <laughs> but no yeah yeah i got to work with some incredible people on this album still working with my producer and co-songwriter lost child of course because the last album was dope and i want to make it dopier on the next one uh, <laughs> but yeah it's been a journey and i'm finally making an app an album that's happy because <laughs> all my songs like they may be a little bit up tempo but the lyrics are miserable as fuck mm-hmm. you listen to them it's like see a titanium like full-on alcoholism like <laughs> that's what the song's about everyone's dancing to it getting drunk at the club i'm like if only you knew the circle here right <laughs> so for me i'm just like this album's gonna have some happy stuff it's gonna have some slutty stuff like i've i've done the work i put the work mm-hmm. in Lost Artists really put the work in. Um, there is like zero auto-tune on this fucking album. So everyone is going to enjoy it. The full vocalization. the Joanne era. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> excited. Um, but yeah, like the first track came out and it's dope. And the new track comes out in like two weeks, I think. Something Ooh. like that. My timetable is so dodgy at the moment, but I think it's two weeks. Every, every day blurs together. I have no idea what today is. Like, I have I can't even remember what week, what week I'm shooting the album cover, but I think it's next week. <laughs> I don't know. I know the album title. I can give you that. <laughs> oh, dear. But no, yeah, it's been a really good journey on this album, besides all the medical stuff and the break. I think that this is the best album I've ever worked on and having a manager and a producer and a team this time has really allowed me to push myself and actually find confidence in my voice mm. and like have someone in the corner go, no, you're doing it. Keep going. And I'm like, no, but I suck. They're like, do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I need that push. And I've yeah. had that push. It's always good to have a team, whether or not it's like a, a, a formalized 
team or if it's just your few friends around you that are encouraging you and being like have you have you worked on that today is it what is it coming what's what's going on with that (laughs) like i'm a stupidly high energy person like i'm always twitching and fidgeting and i'm always running around like manically screaming but like they're just like for someone that has so much energy you sure do procrastinate a lot and i'm just like oh okay that's a new read fuck you right i'll get this (laughs) album done then shall i (laughs) (laughs) well and that's just how art works like i there's some projects that i started one two three years ago and sometimes you have to start it and let ideas percolate and like let things simmer for a while and then all of a sudden it all just comes out at once yeah and forcing that to happen sometimes doesn't work Mm -mm. and i'm trying not to force creative vision because like all the other albums i've set deadlines and i've set like dates that the album has to be done and released by whereas this one i was just like when it's done it's done and if I don't drop it this year, I don't drop it this year. But then if I do, then hallelujah. For the last seven years. Yeah, I'm doing a Rihanna. Like, it's working for her and she has a billion dollars. So I'm going to give it a whirl. Proud of her <laughs> for her billion dollars, but I want music. I'm going to start releasing a makeup line called Benty. <laughs> um, like Benty Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then and then have some uh, underwear that matches the makeup. Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, we're we're coming to the end of our time together. Ew. Tell tell the audience where they can find you as if they needed help finding you online. <laughs> at this point, they need to find me at the fucking local loopy bin. You know what I mean? I'll be in an <laughs> asylum somewhere. <laughs> um, you too relatable too relatable <laughs> hot sweat now hot sweat <laughs> um, you can find me on, uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at it's Mickey Taylor include the it otherwise it don't work um, and then on Twitter very much the same it's Mickey Taylor um, my new website it's Mickey Taylor. I think it's no way. I can't remember. I set it up last week. I can't remember. Forget the website. Don't log in. No need. Um, but and then you can find me on Spotify. I'm Mickey Taylor. YouTube. All that malarkey. You know, it's just my name. Just back and search. You'll find it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and if you ever need a fat opera singing drag queen on a track, let me know. <laughs> Girl. You know what? We could get you doing like a 30 part harmony. Oh my God, that'd be so much fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we'll go full Halsey. Yes. Oh, I'm so yeah. down. I'm so down. I'm in. If I can find the right track, we could do this. If I've got some beautiful little ballad, I can like drop my octave and then we can hit this. Yes. I mean, let me know. I have an album Let's on pitch. Spotify. It was, it was my grad school final project. So it's not the best. It, it was literally just basically recorded live, but it's on there. It's under my legal yeah. name. Have fun finding it. <laughs> I know your legal name now, girl. Oh, no. Yeah, see, I, ne- I never gave you mine, girl. I'm like Batman. No one ever knows. <laughs> keep it that way, because the moment someone finds out, it's all over. 
Yeah, straight up my front door. Such a fag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see yeah. you all later. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you yeah, for listening bye. to Yeah. But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week. Same place, same time. Yeah,